Today's episode with President of Success Enterprises, aka Success Magazine, is going to open your heart and mind to what success really looks like. It's an honor to bring my friend and someone I'm thankful to call a mentor, Mr. Don Hobbs, to the show. For someone with a rap sheet like Don's, you're, you may not see this conversation coming. Starting with his career working for the late, great Jim Rohn, ultimately becoming president of Jim Rohn Productions by the time he was 25, and then co-founding Hobbs Herder Advertising, an industry interrupter and leader in the real estate marketing space, speaking up to this point to over 2 million people and counting across different industries all around the world. And now as the president of Success Enterprises, I thought there would be no one better to bring us the true meaning of success and how you achieve it than Don himself. To give you a little taste of Don, he's the kind of guy that calls you out of the blue because he's thinking of you, like he's done for me, where I'd just look at my phone, I'm like, oh, Don's calling. And he's committed to his team and his people. And despite his three decades of success, like few ever achieve, he's committed to his own personal growth and development. He walks the walk. So in listening to today's episode, you are giving yourself the gift of unbelievable wisdom from the guy that everyone from the Wall Street Journal to USA Today and everything in between turns to for visionary leadership. Let's get to the show. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. Don, it is so good to see you again, and I've been eagerly awaiting the chance to officially welcome you to the show. So on that note, welcome. Oh, thank you, Liz. Appreciate it so much. It's nice to be here with you. I can't wait for our conversation and to see where it takes us. Yes, we'll see the uh, the route we take here because I like to keep it a little open-ended because I know you bring so much experience and wisdom to the table and one of the things I wanted to pick your brain on because I, you know, fangirl over the fact that you knew Jim Rohn and got to walk alongside him. And it was, he was someone who you knew pretty intimately. But I would love for you to share the story about how Jim Rohn, even before he knew who you were, how did he kind of open your mind to leadership and growth? I know you attended an event, so I would love if you could share that story because I think it'll really resonate with our audience. Oh, absolutely. I was just a kid. I was 18 years old and I got, uh, I stumbled in on a Saturday a date night to a room I didn't want to be in, <laughs> attending a, a lecture. <laughs> so funny to think about that. How funny it was for for that, but anyway, I I you know resisted, and of course I was there. Uh, my mom had bought a ticket; she'd gone to see him. And, and when I got there that night, I remember being very closed off. And then like 15 minutes in, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was. And and so at the break, I walked up and I said, I want to you know I want to do everything you got. I want to I want to take part of your stuff. But you know his his material for those that may not know Jim, it would be a shame because he's he's gone. And you know, he's, but his material lives on, right? His, his heart lives on. And he lives on to a lot of people. You have to know that. I know you mm -hmm. do. But his stuff was really about, you know, how do we get better? How do we, you know, have a better life fulfillment? How do we become the bigness of who we really are? And it was always about personal growth. It starts with you. And so his premises were really basic. And at the time, you know, there weren't a lot of guys like him. Zig Ziglar was around at that time. There were a few, you know, legendary names of those, but he was kind of coming up at a time when, uh, you know, he was really making a, a big difference. 
And I just resonated, you know, for things to change for you, you've got to change. I mean, it's just a simple phrase, but you know, it's like, how do I change? I mean, I thought it was my, my boss that the job that I had, it was the last time I had a job, by the way, when I was 18. <laughs> so I thought it was, I thought it was boss that was the pain in the butt. You know, I thought it was somebody else that was responsible. And he, he really brought some simple things. You know, if you, you know, you can have more than you've got because you can become more than you are. And if you stay how you are, you'll always have what you've got. You know, real simple ways of saying things. He was kind of a wordsmith and a philosopher. And it just, I, I just did, you know, I, uh, hook and, and line. I just, I took it all and I just loved it. And so I got a, a chance to hang around with him. I went to his leadership weekend, which cost me a, a bunch of money. And I'll say, now I'll say a thousand dollars to attend. And this was in the seventies. So oh, wow. let's put that in perspective, right? And, and I was 18. So just imagine what that was like. Uh, I was selling everything I could possibly sell off to be able to come and, and sit with 50 people and, you know, right? his ranch up in Northern California. And it was a leadership ranch, way with this leadership program. And uh, teaching you how to be not only a self-leader, but a leader of people, you know, dealing with communication skills and, uh, you know, leadership philosophies, cultural things. And uh, finally, at that one, I was like, I can't take it anymore. I got to work with you. And so I, I went up to him in this little crowd of 50 and I said, how do I do that? And he said, we've got to meet a guy. And they ended up hiring me and the rest was kind of a, a fun history. So uh, he became such a big part of my life at that age. As you said, he was, I didn't know I got to walk with him. I mean, he was kind of in my mind, funny, I would say he didn't know this, but he was my teammate. He was like, he was his father figure at that age. I stepped into this world like a world I'd never seen. Even to go to the, the program, as if you can imagine, I walk into a, the West and South Father Hotel, Costa Mesa, California. And there's chandeliers. And I've never seen these things. I'm, I'm from the, I wasn't from the other side of the tracks. I was right from the tracks. <laughs> right. And I didn't come from, from wealth. I didn't come from anything like that. And so everything for me was like, wow, look at this. Look at this guy. Look at what he's doing. And I remember thinking, I want to do that. I want to be like him someday. And that's all the thoughts I could have. You know, I didn't know enough to know what I didn't know. But that's, that's kind of how it all started. I loved hearing that story because I mentioned to you when we chatted last that Jim Rohn kind of opened that door into that personal development and growth for me as well. I came from, you know, a more corporate background and I had never even heard of that space, you know, this growth mindset and developing into a leader. These were all just kind of pie in the sky ideas, kind of felt like self-help notions in one section of Barnes and Noble for me. I didn't know that there was this whole other person that I could develop into. And Jim Rohn was my first exposure to that too, not in person, but listening to on my way into my corporate job that I hated, I would listen to the DVD or the CD in and I was like 45 minutes long and I would listen to it to and from. I I, until I finally burned it out, I had to buy a bunch of copies of it. So it was really resonated with me when I heard that you worked alongside him. And I feel like so much of the journey in developing ourselves as leaders is really learning from the examples of others. And now you're in a position, yeah, you're in a position where you're doing that for other people. But when you first had that exposure, you mentioned your mom brought you to this to this event. So was she your whole childhood kind of like weaving this into your life or that was this kind of a, a pivot for you? Like, okay, you're coming to this event with me. I want you to be exposed to something new. Well, she was not exposed to it. So this was, this was her first look and she just had been so taken by him. She said, Hey, next month. And I had already moved out of my home. I mean, uh, you know, out of her home, I guess I should say I had a condo. And so she was asking me to go and I was like, I don't really want to go to this thing, but if you think it was, all $35. I guess that's a lot. So, you know, I went, but, you know, she was not that way necessarily. She had been a single mom. She did some great stuff. She really held her own, her own expectations of self to leadership. She was in a big corporation and kept rising up through a time, by the way, a time when women were not doing a lot of that. So she was uh, maybe ahead of her time, but she was also not very personal development oriented. I'll tell you a funny story. When I, I had joined Jim's company and I go into sales and I'm not doing well. I mean, the first, and Tony Robinson's there. I guess I should say that too, because I, I think you knew that, but in case you don't, 
So I'm 18. Three months later, this big donkey kid comes along. We hear this Tony Robbins thing. No big deal. He's in LA. I'm in Orange County. We aren't seeing each other that much. What we do, I attend his program. He attends my program. So we're, we're kind of doing that. And, uh, anyway, it turns out that he and I both failed. I mean, we failed pretty miserably for a couple of years. And, you know, I'm a kid. I'm standing in front of people speaking, trying to get them to spend money. I mean, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. They, they're looking at me like, who is he to tell us? But, you know, just, it was a complete, you know, abomination until, you know, a few months in, and then a little more, and then a little more. And then by the time a couple years in, both of me are off and roll. But I will tell you this because it was very funny to think that when, you know, I wasn't making that time, wasn't succeeding, and she's like, you need to get a job. And I, and I remember thinking to myself, and I don't know if you can relate to this when you were, you know, in a different place without marriage and families and, you know, all the stuff that we go through. But I said, like, I got nothing to lose. This is like the time for me to, to really explore and ex- expand and, and try and do things that may work. And if they don't work, it's like, what have I, what have I lost? And, uh, so I was really glad, but I did have to tell her one time. I said, I'm not, uh, I, uh, I love you. And I can't be around you right now because I didn't have enough energy to keep myself up, let alone to try and pump you up to pump me up. You know, it's not going to work. And it's interesting because, you know, he used to say, you know, the five people that you're around most yeah. of the time, right? That's going to be your big influence. And she was not that thinker. doesn't mean I, I still love her in the day. She's still with us. And she's picking and young and, you know, useful and all that. And she's come along a long ways with all of this stuff that she loves. But I will tell you at that time. She didn't know what to do. And she was in her own fears, living through her own security blankets, going, you know, what are you doing with your life? And I was just seeing the future and going, I got to do this. So it's it was pretty interesting to see where that landed. And uh, here I am. I'm glad you brought that up because I know that people listening have, many of them have walked through that where the people closest to us, whether it be a spouse or, you know, a parent or just friends, people in our network, I've gotten the question a lot, how do I get my parent to support me? How do I get my spouse to support me? And there is no getting anyone, an adult, to do anything. You know, it's one, protecting that vision and that dream, which is what you had to do. It's not that you cut your mother out of your life, but you had to protect that what you knew you were called to and whatever that looked like. And then also you do it like people, you, you get them to come on board because you've proof of concept, like you're all in and you're going no matter what the sacrifice is, even if you look a little crazy. Totally. Absolutely. And, and, you know, through the victory and I'll tell you a funny, really funny story moved many years later, many years later, like probably four or five years ago. She's been in many of my seminars. She loves hearing me speak and she's always so proud and all that, but she went to this event and uh, was for an organization she was part of, like a church, and she flew into Orange County. I was the big keynote international speaker, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I told that story with her there. She's heard it before, but, you know, everybody's like almost appalled, like I put this on my mom. I said, no, and, you know, she's and she's great, but there she was sitting there, and, of course, she's walking all proud of her son, who's the, the big keynote speaker and stuff. But we've come a long ways, but she, uh, you know, she knows that when she looks back, she goes, yeah, I was totally... Uh, you know, not your supporter. I was, I loved you and I didn't know how to do it except for the fear that I have. And, and all of our supporters around us are well-meaning. They're not ill-intentioned. They're not, they're not trying to hurt you. They're trying to give you the best they know. But the bad news is it's the best they know and it's not where we're going. And we have to make that distinction between what am I committed to? Versus where are they and, and what do they believe and think, right? Because our beliefs are different. And, and that's where we just have to decide, you know, even, even friends, Liz, I mean, and again, I don't want to get off track if this is your show, but, uh, you know, I think about people that I not grew up with, but first they grew up early in business who still want to get together and knock around the old stories. I'm like, dude, I've like slept a few nights since then. I don't need to go over that one more time. And they, they get stuck, right? There's no growth. And so if you're going to continue to grow, you know, I've always said it's kind of interesting how much in society we value long-term everything, long-term relationships. I've known her since I was five. Well, is that a good thing that you're still friends? Like, is that a good thing? Is that is that holding you back? Are you held back because you want to not lose somebody? And I think what we have to realize is that it's still our commitment has got to be our commitment to total 
you know, all in growth for us, whatever we see for our life, our vision, and then people will come along. And others will just I set them up to have coffee for 15 or 20 minutes and then say, love you, man. Good seeing you. And, and I'm off to the races again, right? So I think that's a big part of, of that. At least I, I saw it in my early life. I can't agree more because I think, you know, in a minute, I want to talk about defining success. But I think to get to however we define success, we kind of have to define those relationships, too. It's sometimes we we're conditioned to seek approval, we're conditioned to seek that validation. But the people that we're seeking it from aren't the ones that have a clear vision of where we're going, or they haven't walked that path. So who are they to, you know, they might love us like our parents, like we talked about, but they don't even have a clear understanding of where you're going and how you're going to get there and why you're doing it. So why are we putting so much weight on their opinion? Maybe we lean on them for other, you know, I go to my, my mother for guidance and support in being a better mother because she's one of the best moms that I've ever met in my life. You know, but I don't necessarily go to her for um, guidance and support in how to land a next level speaking opportunity because that's not her wheelhouse. You know, we have to lean on the people that we trust that have walked that path and then define that relationship so that we don't place an expectation on it that will ultimately lead to disappointment because it's not what it's intended for. Right. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I think you I think it. At your early uh, wisdom, you know, you've, you've done far better than I did. It took me a long time to figure some of that stuff out. So uh, <laughs> congratulations on that. Good decisions. Thanks. I don't always get it right. I have to remind myself of those things, too, because I'm like, man, why isn't so-and-so, you know, cheering me on? I'm like, wait a minute. I don't, I'm not doing it to prove them wrong. That's a big mistake I see people make, too, is like they didn't get that support from their parents. So they're like, I'm going to find this success to show them. It's like, don't do it for them. That's like this ridiculous. Live your life based on what you want for the vision, uh, where you're going and what you feel called to do, not to try and rub anyone's noses in anything or prove anything. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You listen to that inner guidance and you go where you're being guided and you do it because it's on your heart and what you're called to. And that's the leader that you, your potential that you're stepping into, not because you want to show daddy that, you know, you made it. That's, it's a waste of energy in my opinion. Okay, I, I got to go here. You know, I'm, I'm 40 something years old. I'm not now. I, at the time, I was 40 something years old. And I remember waking up in this mansion. And I've got the Bentley out front. I've got all these trappings of what everybody looked at as success. We're going to talk about success. I'll tell you, you know, right? I was there. And I remember thinking, if only my dad could finally see this and acknowledge me, that would just be so nice. Mm. But I blew him out and he gets to my house. And I, I very specifically opened the double iron doors to make sure he got the full effect of it, right? Right. And, af- and after the hugs, he looks up and looks around and he says, wow, what do you need all this space for? And oh I'm like, goodness. even now, right? Even mm-hmm. now. And what I took away from that, that very experience, as much as I wanted to throw him out and tell him to go back to Virginia, I, I didn't. And I realized that I didn't need for him to be that person. But I had always worked like most of what I had, I had because I was, it was not quite enough, not quite enough, not quite enough, not quite enough, right? And uh, eventually I got to the point of more personal responsibility and maturity that I was like, it's not for him to have to approve me and I don't need his approval and I'm going to be what I'm going to be, right? And we had a healing, we had a, a great healing, but that was a moment in time when I realized how much of my energy in my whole life had been spent succeeding. Through the filter of, will this be enough? Yeah, I got goosebumps because I've been there and I know so many of the people that I've worked with have been there too. And it's um, misguided energy that's taking away from, it's capping their potential. And you know what? To get into the success piece, when I define success, one of the elements for me is fulfillment and joy and knowing, you know, and it strips you of that. If you're constantly basing your success on how someone else responds to it, you've just belittled your journey and taken away your opportunity to have joy with or without their approval. So let's talk about that. Success. Yeah, well, you're, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I just want to ask you, like, it's defined differently for every person. There are certain metrics that might define it a certain way across the board. But I'm curious if you feel like, are there pieces of success that everybody should measure up to? in order to say, hey, I've, I've made it? Or is it 
uh, on a continuum? Is it different for every person based on how they define it? Because I feel like a lot of people are pushing for success and then wondering why they're not feeling the good stuff that they think should come with it when they finally, quote, make it. Well, that's a whole bunch of interesting loaded questions. And thank you for loading up the basket because this will be a conversation, right? I mean, first of all, when you understand that, you know, that success is very personal and then the topic of success is success in what? Success in, in my particular sport, success in the business I'm in, success as a mother, father, uh, brother. I mean, you know, when you consider how many hats the human being wears, right? Starting with uh, father, mother, you know, brother, sister, daughter, son. Like we've got a bunch, right? Then we get into business stuff. We're like boss or, or, employee i mean how many hats are we wearing so what's success it's going to be very challenging to define that but i think it's always got to be defined as you were talking about that i'm thinking what people don't always understand is that my my level of success while it was from the outside obvious that oh my gosh he's achieved so much that it wasn't success at all it was like i was so empty and the reason is because you're either coming from a place of love and gratitude and the highest vibrations that exist i mean it's, we're we're just energetic beings. That's all we are. We're just you know having a physical experience. We're just we're just energy. And so you can go to the lowest point, which is fear, and rage, and hate. And if you live in that fear place to achieve things, you may make it, but you won't. It, there will be nothing in it. So it's there's no success in that, right? It doesn't mean that it doesn't look good. It doesn't mean people aren't going to go, wow, look at you, you've done so much. It just means that you're not going to feel it from the inside, mm-hmm. which is by the way how you have superstars in almost any sport who get to the top of their game, commit suicide or top of the game, and then do something stupid, blow their lives up. I mean, it's because they don't feel successful. They're still looking for success. So I think the elements really are, you know, it's, it's, do you feel fulfilled? I think you said this, right? Fulfilled. We are, we're born. Our essence is joy and peace and love. That's our, that's who we are. And then we pile on all the stuff, all the fear and all the learning and, and other people's expectations and other people's, you know, beliefs and, and all that stuff. And our job really through the course of life is to keep peeling back the layers and like, who am I really? What do I really know? What do I, who am I really that, that will show up? But when I show up as that authenticity, why, so why I love marketing today and I love uh, social media today and in the sense that the conversation is all about how do we be authentic? And even you and I were talking about my dog running around here and even in this, environment where somebody's little kids can come running in or somebody's dog's going to come barking or somebody like we're just being more us we have less you know some most of those layers have been stripped away last year and this uh pandemic that hit so many people is is stripped away so much of our our airs it's kind of like we're just human beings just getting through and doing our stuff and figuring out how does success look for us now in this world and what is it? And people are moving out of big homes into smaller places, moving to rural areas, or like everything's shifting as a result of what happened in 2020. And I'm, I'm just going to suggest that success, we have to really look and say, what really turns me on? What is, what's important to me? What's it that, what's my purpose? And when I live in a place of discovering and then living through that in everything I do, I think we've got the best shot at being successful right mm-hmm. and i think it comes down to a lot of times around helping other people but let's face it i can take care of my family and feel extremely successful and i'm not giving to the world i'm not changing the world i'm not like you know that definition is really up to you and me and each individual so i would encourage people just to realize don't compare yourself the biggest challenge we have as a society and social media is driven this is the wrong direction and that is we're comparison machines yeah constantly yeah. comparing ourselves to other people and we're constantly comparing ourselves to the the best show that they've got of other people right what they're wanting us to see and then we go well i'm not i'm not that and so we don't feel successful i'm just going to say know who you are get clear I and mean, there's some things you can do around that meditate a little bit you know the prayer i mean there's some things that bring you into uh, an awareness there's some journaling there's some things that we can do to kind of get to know ourselves better. There's some programs we can take, whether it's you know things with you. I mean, you you enhance people's lives, right? I think people need to keep looking for what's the bigness of me through the purpose that I've determined 
And by the way, could purpose change? You betcha. If we get to one level and we go, you know what? I've got a different purpose. I've got more to play with. And, and it's purpose. So I think that's, uh, I don't know if I gave you a definition of success, probably screwed that whole thing up, but I, I don't think there's one definition for sure. That's, that's clear to me. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's my vision of it too, is it's fluid. It's, it's based on who you are and what, what makes you tick and where you feel called and your, your own individual purpose. And I love that you highlighted the fact that you can find massive amounts of quote success, you know, within the walls of your own home, taking care of your family, raising good kids, you know, doing your part. It doesn't mean there's a publicity element that has to be checked in order to achieve success. That might be one part of it. But then we have to start to look at, you know, are we feeding the purpose? Are we feeding the ego in pursuit of getting our name out there? You know, there are good ways to get in front of people and that can be a really good thing. It doesn't make it a bad thing, but what's it driven from? Oh, totally. The intent behind it is everything. I mean, you can, mm -hmm. you can help the world and, and, and look like you're helping the world and you might even help the world. But if you're doing it from a place of fear and look at me, look at me. Have you seen what I've done lately? I mean, it, it's not going to feel fulfilling to you and it's not going right. to probably impact the world the way you expect. But no, I think you're, I think you're dead on. Yeah. And for me, one of the pieces of growing into your own personally defined level of success is who you're becoming in the process. And that's just a big piece of luminary leadership for us. It's uh, developing in leadership because when you're elevating outside of just the ego, when you're becoming who you're called to be, when you're tapping into that potential, when you're clear on your purpose, that's where you can achieve those levels of success and uh, receive it and then sustain it so that you're not one of those people that, you know, hits really high levels but then crashes and burns because they didn't elevate themselves to be able to sustain that success or truly receive it and feel it and know that they're successful without having to, um, you know, be told that they're successful. But I know that there are going to be a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners that are listening into this episode saying, okay, yes, leadership, I need to become a leader. But what's the how of leadership? It can feel so esoteric. It can feel like, okay, can you break down for me? What does becoming a leader look like in practice? What are some things that I should be tangibly doing or thinking or implementing into my world so that I'm not just clawing my way towards success and hitting certain benchmarks in my business, but I'm actually developing myself? But like, what does that mean? You know, have there been things maybe that you've done, Don, over the years that you're like, this was a turning point for me, or this is maybe it could be granular, like the, the habits that you have or the thoughts that you allow yourself to have, or it could be more big picture. But I'm just curious what your thoughts are on leadership and developing that leadership in you. Actually, both things uh, that you said, you know, granular and, and uh, at this big picture, because for me, what and I think of leadership, I mean, I really love what you're doing. I love the term luminary. I love that term. I just love it because I think in terms of each of us as a light we're such a bright light and we may have lost our, our shine. We may have lost our light. We may have lost our way for, for a minute, but I mean, that's, that can be brought back. We are just, again, energetic beings with pure love. And in that, you know, that I think the part that really gets exciting is how do we bring that peace to our, I don't mean P A C E, but P, the piece of mm -hmm. to our work such that we bring that love and that caring part in, I may have even said to you, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the the woman in business. I'm a big fan of women executives. And one of the reasons I am is because they bring a different heart to it. doesn't mean that there aren't guys with heart. doesn't mean there aren't women that have the masculine energy and bring, you know, a just gigantic drive and understanding and all that. Totally, right? We're all both parts. But I think it's when we can bring the heart to leadership and we start to look at what are we building and how is it that we can impact the people that are nearest us and I, I see that as leadership i see culture and, and leadership so closely tied because i want to create a culture of communications and, and caring and, and love and you know a, a place where people can feel safe and expand and see their expansion and it's okay to expand like they're not there's not this competition and so much of that and at the same time you know with that, that's maybe the leadership piece on a personal leadership basis we bring ourselves to that table. We bring ourselves to that, right? So then what are my tips, my things that bring a bigger, better, uh, more genuine, greater version of me every day? You know, Roan, 
Ron said something, and since we were chatting about him earlier, and I, I gave you the quote, which was, he said, you can have more than you've got because you can become more than you are. And if you stay how you are, you'll always have what you've got. So I want to give you my corollary to that whole thing because I took that a little different direction. And I took it to say, you can have more than you've got when you become, when you remember, sorry, when you remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think when we remember who we really are, we become leaders at a very different level. I think it's not about constantly having to, to grow. There is growth inside. It's peeling back the stuff that holds us up. By getting to those, those inner layers. And I think for that reason, you know, how you start your day I mean, morning rituals to me are a big part of my success. I think that getting up every morning and having an expectation of both the disciplines and also what it does for me, the, the, the habitual part of it, meaning look at the discipline life that I've set up and the secondary part, which look at the benefits I get from that life that I've set up, right? Whether it's you know, getting up and drinking warm water and flushing the system and having protein and meditating and, and journaling and gratitude and you know so many things that just lead to a very different me than when I don't do that stuff. When I get off track, you know, I get on a project and I'm like, I haven't got time for that, I haven't got time for that. And I start to feel myself falling by the wayside. The, the me is gone. I'm I'm lost in in doing in the doingness instead of the beingness. And I think the greatest thing we can bring to leadership is who we are and come from that place of how do I support people and being the bigger, greater version of them. And it's not about me as a, you know, I don't need the recognition. It's not about tell me how great I am. It's about how do I make everybody great around me? And that was one thing that you saw in, in great you know, basketball players. Michael Jordan made people around him better than he was, than, than they were, right? I mean, Kobe Bryant made people better around them. Sir LeBron James has that reputation. If you look at people in sports, they will typically get so good at what they do, they can stop focusing on that and start moving it out to the people. And I think that's when we have our best chance to really impact the world. Let me get me there. Don't let me talk about it and get everybody else there and me feel empty and looking for you know my fulfillment through their success. Let me get there first and then emanate. Let me be the luminary who uses my light to cast it out to everybody else. Does that make sense? Yes, so beautifully put. A lot of of words. I don't know if that makes sense. I love it. I could just sit and listen. It reminds me of the John Maxwell quote that talks about, you know, a leader of followers wants to be needed, but a leader of leaders wants to be exceeded. And so much of what I've tried, I don't always get it right, but I've tried to base so much of what I've done in my work around that quote, because the world is filled with people who are obsessed with being a leader of followers. We see it literally in the metrics that we measure as success. Well, how many followers do you have? It's like, last time I checked, I can't take my followers to Chase Bank and be like, here's my million followers. Can I get my million dollars? They equate that to success and to growth and to joy, and it's just so fleeting and it's so empty. But when you start to develop that duplication in people and you see in someone else something that they can't even see yet, and you help them extract that and cultivate that and develop that, the fulfillment and the joy and the purpose and the legacy through that. I mean, Jim Rohn is gone in the physical sense, but he's never going away. He's impacting generations that will have never had a chance to hear him live, but will be impacted because their parents started to learn that and then or their the leader of the organization learned that and taught their people and the, and it just goes down the line. And that That's to me is the beauty of leadership is when you stop making it about yourself. You do like you said, you have to develop that leader in you first, but then how do you create that ripple effect beyond just you? Well that's exactly right. And and you know the term has been used in movies and other places, but my friend Andy Andrews talked about the butterfly effect. And I think that's, you know, the ripple effect. I mean, it's the same thing, right? The, the mm-hmm. butterfly flaps its wings on one side of the planet and affects air molecules that change, you know, planetary weather. And, and we're like, really? And I, I always tell people, you, you are bigger than you know. You may not be playing that way, but you're bigger than you know. And you have the impact, uh, whether you acknowledge it, whether you live into it or not, that's going to be your decision, your choice. But you are that powerful. And by the way, you know, Jim said years ago, we're either living our lives as examples or as warnings. And so what that tells me is we're always being a model 
the question is, are we being a model for good or a model for what not to do? You know, are we, are we living our lives as people go, wow, I'm inspired? Are we aspirationally moving people or are we, are we giving them permission to live at a different level and say, well, you know, it looks like it's okay to screw around. And I think that's what, that's the big impression I would leave as a leader, by the way. I think that's the responsibility of every human being is being the best me I can be for you and you being the best you you can be for me. And I don't mean that we're in a relationship, but we're in a relationship. Sure. We're all tied in together, right? So yeah. I think that's, that's really the, the challenge of leadership is to really see that I am responsible for more than I actually know. I cannot afford to let down. I want to really show up. Yeah. And as soon as you said that Jim Rohn quote, or no, I'm sorry, you were saying the quote about, you know, are you the example or the warning? My mind immediately went to just not on purpose, but the list of people that I could picture that fall into each of those categories. And then it was just like kind of this humbling moment of like, oh, crap, I can I can think of some of the ways I'm showing up in the example category, but I probably neglect to focus on the ways that I might be falling short and tripping and falling into the warning category. I don't want to be over there because sometimes we can master it in one area of our life. We see it all the time. Let's take, you know, a super successful founder or CEO or something and the employees and the people that work with him see him in that example category. But what happens when his kids are at home? looking at him in the warning category, being like, I don't even know my dad, or I don't even know my mom. They don't show up for me. So how can we make sure that we're honoring it in the different categories of our life too? Because leadership stretches beyond just business. It does. We're leaders in every category. And I can, I know those same people. We may not know the same names, but it's the same people. Right. Uh, You know, I've had very interesting conversations with people who were mega stars in the things that they did and were just disasters in Mm -hmm. other parts of their life. So it's, it's, uh, I mean, when you talk about success, that's what I think we have to come back to is, are we successful in ways that really are meaningful to my purpose? Yes. And if my kids don't like me when it's all said and done, you know, was I really a success? Was right. I really a leader? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as the president of Success Magazine, this magazine's been around for, what, 124 years now? Amazing. I haven't been, but it has been. Yeah, for sure. Right. I know you haven't been. If you've been around that long, I need your morning routine because you look good for over 124 years old. I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I look I look like crap for 40, though, don't I? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so I'm curious. I love to hear people's, you know, you're a visionary. To me, you're, you're a thought leader. You're in this space because you deserve to be in this space. And I want to know what's, what's your vision coming in. This is This publication has stood the test of time. But I imagine there there's growth opportunity and there's always growth. So what is that vision for where you want to take Success Magazine and this this company and what role do you want to play in being that leader to kind of blaze that trail? Well, I was fortunate to be brought into the to the start of the the new generation, right? This new era. We took over just a few months back. And uh, Glenn Sanford's brilliant. He's just a, a brilliant business mind. He founded a company called EXP Realty, and it's just become a, a legendary, you know, it's, uh, Motley Fool just called it the other day, the Amazon of real estate, which is, I think, the second or third time it's been called that. It's it's really transformational. It's really changed, game changer. And he's got that mind for that stuff, and he got this chance to take this over. He called me and said, hey, do you want to you know, play in this space? And it seems like a natural thing. And uh, I loved his vision for it because he saw that, you know, it's no longer a matter of, of his success. He's already achieved so much. No matter how do we create something for the world? And, you know, it was a, it was a magazine. It was a magazine. And magazines, I won't say, are like, wow, a magazine. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, magazines are falling further and further away from the reality of how people take in information. And yet we had the online. And, of course, we've got that. But there were some things that were missing. There were some things that we kind of looked and went, you know, there would be obvious things that you could do with this. And a couple of them I can't divulge actually because they're they're coming close, but I'd have to put everybody on every listener on. Uh, You'd have to kill us. Uh, Just say it. And NDAs at least maybe kill you. Yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, But you know we're, we've started a speakers bureau, and I love that part because we get to associate with so many cool people that are game changers, life changers, business changers, industry changers. Um, we started a coaching company, which I always thought there should have been a success coaching. Who's going to do that? Who, who better to have that than success? 
we've changed the magazine and, and I say uh, not materially in the sense of like focus. It's not a real estate publication. It's just a parent company of real estate. It's personal development. It's, it's all that. But Liz, you'll find it interesting. You know, when you look at this publication, you think, you know, we've got six editors now. We've got actually four of them are signed. So we've got six different editors who will have different categories. And in that, you start getting a more rounded approach. And it's not just the, the old guard. It's the new guard. It's, it's new thought. It's new people. It's new. It's the new blood. We want to identify the, the Jim Rohns of the future. We want to identify the people that are really the impactful impact players for the next generation. And whether they come out of generation, you know, X or Y or, or now Z, but we almost got one in the generation Z to join our editorial board. I think it's going to, it's going to transform drastically how it feels, who it appeals to. And I want to bring that next generation. I was 18 when I found this stuff. I want people to get it early. I don't want them to be 40 going, Oh, I just discovered I can change my life. It's like, I don't want that. Uh, so for us, it was really a, a, a matter of how do we build something that lots of people can play in. We've built a world. We have a, a gaming platform, which will blow people's minds. We have a gaming platform that is the operation basis for the EXP operations. And we've made it the basis for success. We have a success world. And if you go into it, we have music venues in there. We have uh, offices where we actually work every day. What? Gaming platform? Yeah. We come in as avatars and we work together and we have meetings together. We had a meeting this morning with 28 or 29 people and all the department heads and all that. And uh, it's very unique. And, and the beauty is that the world means that we can actually have 16 classrooms filled with different people that are from different languages and different time zones teaching in, in their language to their people in that place. And we can bring people in and transform everybody in the world. Everybody's got access if they have internet access. And we built our uh, social platform, which is called the Success Achievers Community. And that, to me, is another game changer because we want people to come in and not have to go through the social commentary that, again, most social platforms are filled with. We're filling, filling them with political commentary and we've got the, the stuff from our you know parties yesterday and golf on Sunday. Nothing wrong with that. But if I'm coming in to learn something and I'm distracted by that, it doesn't serve us. And so we decided to build our own platform and make it our own social platform. So people can come into the Success Achievers community and be there. It costs them nothing. And they get to rub shoulders with people like you and, and so many other big names in the, in the world of personal growth and leadership. And more and more are committing to bringing their groups out of Facebook in there. And I think it's going to be an amazing community of a who's who of who wants to change the world with us. And I don't see this being our solely us. It's it's all of us. And collectively, you know, the collaboration that's available today is going to transform so many people. So I'm excited about that. And we've got some projects. We've got a couple things that will uh, be released probably before the show airs uh, that will be, I think, game changers. We've got some cool stuff we're doing that I think people won't have expected. And uh, by the time they listen to this and go, oh, yeah, I saw that. I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> So, Fair enough. Uh, but I think there's there's some some really cool things, and I don't know if you want to later we can put a link in there or something and give them access. But yeah, uh, I think there's just some cool things, and we really set a vision for you know the butterfly effect, the ripple effect. We know we're not going to touch as many people as we want to touch. So the goal is to touch two billion people over the next few years worldwide, and we can do that through people like you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity, by the way, to be here with you and share with your audience in the way that you touch the world and be part of that. And we want to find all the people like you that are making it such a difference and play with you. Just mm -hmm. bring it. Well, it's, it yeah, it's a no brainer for me. I've loved success magazine since I was first exposed to it, probably eight or nine years ago, maybe when I first, you know, had just broken into entrepreneurship and business and was trying to do things on my own. It was just kind of a home base for me. So I, I love the idea of supporting your mission with this and the crusade you're on. And I think it's so critical. And to your point, I, I completely agree with the idea of getting it in the hands of people early. You know, it's tough unlearning everything, you know, a half a lifetime has taught you. But when it's just entrenched in 
how you do life because you were exposed to it young enough to know that you can grow, know that you have potential and purpose and leadership capabilities. And then you're not just born with all these things and you either have it or you don't, you can develop them. It's going to change the world. And I see that through you guys. And I I got the behind the scenes of your success world. I loved it. It is so cool and so wild. And uh, just also the success achievers. I want to make sure we link to that in the show notes as well, because I'm in there and it's, I totally agree. I love that it's off of the typical social platforms because it's more focused. It's filled with people who have like minds and strong yeah. visions and developing that, those leadership skills. So I think it's so, so important that people have access to that. And to your point of the five people you surround yourself with, well, let's surround you with 5,000 that are all in the same boat pushing for big goals. It's going to be even more powerful. Yeah, love it. We're all in. Yeah, heck yeah. So wanted to ask you a question. You love to fish, right? Is this true? I do. Yeah, how did I you love, know that? <laughs> I, I stalk you and that's how. <laughs> I love fishing. I grew up fishing. I grew up on a lake and it was kind of just my happy place. Uh, I certainly am not a fisherman or anything fancy. I'd go buy the uh, the worms at the local country store in New Hampshire and them on my hook and go sit down on the dock or take the rowboat out. And I just always loved it. But I feel like, at least for me, there were a lot of lessons you learn from one, it creates white space where you're quiet and still and in nature and just not totally in the hustle and bustle of entrepreneurship and life. But two, fishing itself, there are lessons in that. And I'm curious if over the years of fishing, if there were any life lessons or business lessons you took with you from those experiences? Wow, so many things. Um, well, we could have a whole program on that, but uh, I, I would say this. I think that uh, what I love about it first, I love nature. I feel like I'm closer to God when I'm out there. And and the style that I do is trout fishing and it's uh, fly fishing. And so I'm typically in Montana or Wyoming or Canada or South America or someplace that's beautiful. It's just, you know, it's not done in the city it's not done in canals it's you know it's done in a in a pristine place and i just get the sense that i'm part of something way bigger and way more important it's so cool to be out there and, you know I, I would always say the best day uh, in the river that you know the, the worst day of fishing if you will is still one of the best days in the world because you get to be there i also don't call it fishing a lot because i call it catching because i i am a little competitive so i do I like to, to catch and, uh, I, and I'm pretty good at it. So that's cool. But, you know, one of the things I love about fly fishing is there's disciplines. There's, you know, learning the water. There's learning where the fish are. And, you know, if you're talking business, you got to learn where the fish are. You got to learn where the market is. Uh, there's a, a two books that came out in the red ocean, blue ocean uh, strategy, you know, books that came out and, and they're talking about all of that was ocean. But uh, nonetheless, it's, it's knowing where the fish are knowing where everybody goes, knowing where everybody isn't. There's learning the waters, learning the ways of fish, by the way. How do they eat? How do they think? How do they do that? I mean, you've got to think like a fish to catch, catch fish, right? And in yeah. business and marketing, you've got to think like people. You've got to think like your consumer. You've got to get into their brain and understand, how do I deliver what's great, but in a way that they see it as great? How do I get that? For me, at a personal level, there's the, the meditative Part of it, which is for sure, you're right. It's it's a quiet space. It's a it's a place that sometimes you can't hear anybody even yelling to you on the shore because the water is just you know the white noise of the water is so beautiful. So um, for me, it's very peaceful. It's a it's a very uh, cool place, and of course, I do enjoy the. Uh, I put them all back. By the way, I have a habit. They wrote an article about me in success and they said, do you actually kiss them? I said, yeah, I kiss the big ones. I kiss the big <laughs> ones and put them back, but I put them all back. I don't eat anything. I don't ever kill one, right? And for me, it's more of the sport and the, the enjoyment and the fulfillment of that. But thanks for asking. That's kind of a fun, never before uh, asked a question <laughs> in, a, in an interview. So yeah, there's a lot. And I, I do think that there's, uh, I do think there's a lot about business in it because you are really looking for what's the bait, what's the What's the hook? You know, what's the, what's the market? What's, the, where's the location? What's the time conditions? I mean, there's a lot in that that probably make a lot of sense. I probably thought of it that way, but, uh, I'll think of it next time I'm in Montana heading to uh, catch fish that 
I'll, I'll give it some more detailed thought. But thanks for, for asking. So that's yeah. a nice journey for me to make on a, on a Monday afternoon in Puerto Rico. Awesome. Well, so, someday I'll have to, right. I'll have no to bring my, here. my little night crawlers and we can go catching someday. Ah, perfect. <laughs> love it. I would love that, Liz. You're awesome. You too, Don. Well, I have so appreciated this time with you. I could go on forever. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and also getting to bring you to our audience because you're incredibly special and doing amazing work in the world. And I want to get it out in front of as many people as I can. So on that note, can you tell people where they can find you or if there's anything in particular you want them to keep their eyes on? We'll make sure to link to everything that Don references in the show notes too. Sure. A couple of things. I mean, first of all, I'm on, uh, I'm on, uh, Instagram is the real Don Hobbs. I, I got a ways back, so we now call it real Don Hobbs. And then, of course, success is very easy to find. And Jim Rohn is easy to find, by the way. If you don't know this, we have like 4 million unique views a month in uh, success. We have 2 million unique views a month on Jim Rohn. Wow. For, for, for a man who's been gone and left the planet 11 years ago, that's pretty staggering. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, you can find us there. And then, you know, there's one thing I would love because if people really would like to take part in what you did nine years ago and what I used to read with Tony Robbins when I was literally 18, 19 years old, Success Magazine, uh, I'll give you the a little special offer, and that is uh, success.com forward slash Don, and then you'll get the Don special. And uh, the Don special in Montana is a sandwich. The Don special on uh, <laughs> on, Liz's, on Liz's show as far as the luminaries uh so it's uh, a really deep discount on the on the magazine. So we'd love to have you involved, and we'd love for them to get involved in the. And I just said you already put the links in there for them to come into the community and come into the world and come and experience this wacky place that we've got. I think someday it's going to have 364 days a year training, seven days a week, you know, 24 hours a day. I think it's going to happen, and uh, we want people like you. Liz and your listeners who are giving to the world to be some of those people. So uh, I think those are the big things. I'm sure there's other things I've forgotten. Somebody will chastise me when I get back to the office. You forgot to say that. Uh, you know, I think if people get around, they're going to see stuff. Right? They're going to just know. They're going to feel good. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll make sure to link to everything. And thank you again for your time today, Don. Everyone, make sure you go over to those links in the show notes and check out what Don referenced today and get your hands on Success Magazine. It is an incredible resource. No matter what space you're in, it will serve you immensely in growing into that potential and stepping into your next level of leadership. So thanks again, Don. Hey, my pleasure, Liz. Thank you so much. I mean, I really mean that. Thanks for including us in your plans and your vision because it's it's a big one. I congratulate you. Thank Good you. luck in all your stuff. Thanks. I appreciate you. Thanks. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our Luminary of the Week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.